Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Recorded? I guess that's what he thinks of you. <laughs> Well, it's uh, like it's so. My name is Doo 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 Doo. So, speaking of on and in, what were you saying? <laughs> Honestly, Gus, I was going to say it before the recording started. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Me not say it now. He's not good for a recording, okay? Yeah, you got to be here before the show, I guess. Huh? It's the before <laughs> the show show. Yeah, you got to be here. So we, we we start 15 minutes. I try really really hard to get on the call and go and go live 15 minutes before the recording, so we we get to hang out and fart around. And, and John was telling us jokes out, out of his bathroom reader, and uh, we we're talking I about uh, what's that? I got those from the dentist. I was, I've been going over a bunch of recordings on my phone and stuff. Yeah. And when I was at the dentist and high on nitrous oxide, he was telling me <laughs> all of those jokes, and I had him record them into my phone. John's <laughs> uh, like, that's the funniest stuff I've ever heard! Yeah, dude, I was cracking up. <laughs> so, but, <laughs> yeah, one of those recordings I was talking about, this guy was in court, and it was hilarious because he was asking the nature of the wrong. And the judge got so upset with him, and she was like, you were selling dope, and dope's illegal in North Carolina. And he was like, so I wasn't in North Carolina. I was on private property. <laughs> <laughs> I know who you're talking about. In North Carolina, you got it all wrong, baby. So, so hey everybody, it's uh, episode uh, looks like one thirty nine, and it's July fourteen, two thousand eighteen, eight p.m. Central Time, nine p.m. Eastern, and we're just getting started. Um, something I was talking about earlier before the call started recording is uh there's different people that are on the on the chat board and if you don't know about the chat board you can you can get on the chat board and watch all the other conversations that are going on while we're talking and so one of the things uh, i haven't mentioned in a long long time is if you're on the chat board and you're looking for somebody that might be in your area then let everybody know where you're at. That's how I got in touch with uh, a lot of different people when I was following uh, Rod Class and some of the other people. Is I'd get on the chat board and I'd say, "I'm in New Hampshire. I'm in New Hampshire. I'm in, you know." And I, I just, you know, is there anybody you know around New Hampshire? And I kept saying, it and, and and I kept finding people. And so, if you're looking for people that, uh, you know, pull the pin says he's in Florida, the state of confusion. <laughs> uh, 
uh, you know, Farmer John's on here. Uh, Ed's over on New Hampshire. Robert's um, in Ohio. Bob's in Colorado. Uh, who else? You guys put it up there, and I'll just read it out loud. But you know, as the uh, whenever you guys get on the call, you know, maybe halfway through the call, you ought to start putting it out there where you guys are at, so other people can see it and get in touch with you. Uh, I'm still I'm on Minnesota at, at at this time. JC's in South Carolina. Sean's in um, Shaman is in uh, Tennessee. On <laughs> Tennessee, sorry, but um, I don't know what the lesson plan is yet because we haven't had a chance to talk today. We just kind of all stumbled in here a moment, you know, a few moments ago. So uh, I'm going to let JC and Shaman take it from here and. We'll uh, just roll with it, I guess. Hey, hey, hey. Thanks, everybody, for coming. (laughs) I'm just going to go ahead and take it because this is Shaman's night for the lesson plan. So, you know, I'll go ahead and take the floor and just thank you guys for coming out. And we appreciate you spending your time with us. And I'm going to hand it on over to the Shaman. Thanks, JC. Um, yeah, so on behalf of myself, thanks for coming out. And uh, I really do hope that the new guys are on here and ladies and listening. And uh, this actually was all kind of, it's really kind of funny. You know, the creator just keeps hammering away at circumstances surrounding uh, JC and myself and people that are coming into my life again um, who hadn't been there for some time and some of the issues, the conversation on WhatsApp, and it's just kind of amazing how he works these situations to uh, benefit everyone if people, you know, will just kind of listen up and see what he's saying. You know, I think Yahweh talks a lot, and maybe a lot of the time we just aren't able to hear. I think that's why he says, if you have ears to hear, then you can hear. You know, a lot of times I think that we're kind of closed off. And we, a lot of people come to me and say, you know, I just don't feel like God's listening, man. I, you know, I pray and I just don't feel like he's listening. I'm like, so I asked the guy today, it's kind of ironic. Um, I said, let me ask you a question, man. I said, when you do something wrong, do you have a problem thinking that God's there and listening and ready to smack you? And he said, well, no. And I said, then why do you think he's not there when everything's going just fine? or when you need something, or when you're in trouble, or you have a question. I mean, if you know he's there to beat you down when you do bad, why don't you think he's there all the other times? And he said, you know, that's a really good question. And, you know, that's a really good question. You know, so often we think, oh, he ain't not listen to me, man. He's not helping me. Look at my situation. Gosh, I'm going through it. Uh, that's kind of the lesson of Job. You know, J.C. wants to go over that. Uh, sometime very soon. He's got a lot of stuff he wants to say about Job. So one Saturday, uh, JC's going to be probably taking pretty much the lead on a Saturday show. But Job went through a whole bunch of crap, and he didn't think God was paying attention. And God actually instigated the whole thing, um, which a lot of people don't think about. You know, Job was hanging out, having a good time, and Satan just came up, and God said, hey, look over at that feller. He wasn't even paying attention to him. But um, so anyway... That was just a little side note. That's that's not the lesson plan from tonight. 
we're going to revisit something because it kind of ties into some of the stuff that we've been dealing with. So uh, first, I'm just going to go ahead and pray if you all don't mind. I just want to say, God, thanks. You know, Yahweh, thank you for letting us all be together, having uh, our lives, the things you give us, our food, our homes, our friends, our family, and your lesson plans, your word, the things you tell us, try to teach us, and the fact that you even take the time to do it, as big as you are, kind of hard to think that you do listen to us, but you really do. So, uh, thanks. And in Jesus' name we pray. So in Luke 22, I'm going to revisit something. In Luke 22, And he said unto them, The kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and they that exercise authority upon them are called benefactors. But ye shall not be so. For he that is the greatest among you, let him be as the younger. And he is the chief, let him doth serve. For whoever, for whether is greater, he that sitteth at meat, or he that serveth, is not he that sitteth at meat, but I am among you, and he as he that serveth. Ye are they which have continued with me in my temptations. And I appoint unto you a kingdom. As my father pointed unto me, that ye may eat or drink at my table in my kingdom, and sit on the thrones of judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Um. Again, we've been dealing pretty pretty much lately, probably for about the last month, with personhood or citizenship versus being the creation of uh, God. And what that means, how it affects you on a level of every day, just your day-to-day life, your day-to-day walk. Like, what are all these things that are going on when you're going to court? What is the Social Security number, the birth certificate, the driver's license, all these different things? What does God think about them? What do you think about them? Um, where do the troubles begin? Is it is it okay to use them? Is it not okay to use them? Um, is it a benefit or is it a liability? Is it even is it sinful or is it just fine? Um, and there's some different viewpoints on this. People are going to hold different views. Uh, ultimately, I think in most situations, somebody's correct and somebody's incorrect. Um, but the thing is being able to work through these things together. And the only way we can do that is by constantly struggling or, excuse me, studying and struggling against whatever the thing is that's kind of dragging us down. Um, I'm going to kind of break this up a little bit tonight. I met a gentleman. Uh, like I said, I had a, a guy come into my life again. I hadn't been there in a while. We actually had a pretty decent falling out probably six six years ago or so. And it was a shame because we'd known each other for a long time. But it happened. You know, and just out of the blue, a situation presented itself where I needed help with something, and he didn't have anything to do. And we just kind of ran into each other. A couple little nice words were said, and the next thing you know, we're hanging out this week doing a, a little bit of work together. And he had with him, he has with him a helper, a really nice guy. I'm not going to say his name because I don't know if he'd want me to. But he's kind of a warrior. He gets nervous real easy. 
And we were kind of sitting around taking that break. We were talking about the beginning of the show because I'm not in my 20s anymore, and it was 102 degrees in the shade here today. And uh, we were just kind of tired and sitting in front of a fan talking, you know. And he's talking about worrying. We were, you know, talking about worrying about bills and things of that nature. And I looked at him, and I, you know, he's the one that I asked that question, like. When God's mad at you, do you wonder if he's hanging around? Well, he's like, well, of course not. And I'm thinking, well, why, you, why wouldn't you think he's hanging around any other time? Of course he's hanging around because if you're a child, he said he would. And what good dad isn't going to hang around their kid, right? You're going to abandon your kid in some wilderness somewhere to fend for themselves unless you're teaching them a lesson and you're watching from a distance just to see and make sure they're safe. But, you know, you're kind of letting them rock and roll a little bit. But he was talking about, you know, just worrying about this and this and this. And I said, well, let me ask you a question, man. I said, what is the first and main point of the whole book, like your whole relationship with God? I said, isn't it that you're supposed to seek the Lord thy God and his kingdom first, and then all of these things will be added unto you? And he said, well, yeah. And I'm like, well, don't you think he's going to honor? I said, man, that's a contract. The Creator gave you His Word, and He wrote it in His blood on a cross. Like, He literally pinned that love and that covenant in blood. He, he will not violate or trespass the terms of that agreement, because He says He'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'm like, man, He will provide for His own. And it doesn't say, hey... Seek me first, then I want you to go worry about providing. It doesn't say that. It says, hey, you seek me, and I'll provide all your needs according to my riches and glory. That's what he says. So you can take hundreds of examples in the Bible, and just in life in general, when you watch people that you believe their walk with the Creator is good, and you'll see, or that they have a walk with the Creator, because some people don't. They're not His children. Um, and you can just see He moves in their lives. Things happen. Things work out. Um, not, you know, not that they don't have hard times too, but for some reason, they always seem to be kind of taken care of. Even when it seems bleak, all of a sudden, boom, out of nowhere, something happens. Uh, I can honestly say, oh, I mean, He's always taking care of me, but I didn't pay attention to it that much or as much as I should, until after my court case, my federal court case, because he really taught me the value of humility and knowing who butters my bread that day. Like, he provided the means and the knowledge, the friendship with J.C. and the other gentleman that was there. Um, he worked it out. I didn't see it working that easy, but it did. Uh, and I really feel like there wasn't even any animosity between myself and the other side. Uh, the whole thing just kind of flipped around. But it's pretty interesting when you look at the that whole thing. I want to get into a little bit of taxes tonight and the kingdom. And uh, because, you know, in the last couple of weeks, I mean, that, it's, a, it's a very sore spot for me. Um, I actually got a little short with a gentleman last Saturday or maybe the Saturday before. I wasn't meaning to be mean, but I probably did get a little short because I have such a 
you know, throw up that barrier thing going when it comes to this issue because I just see the harm that this mentality of people, let alone the church, is supposed to be following all of the rules of governments, that they're supposed to bend their knee to governments and be subservient. You know, that that is just not taught anywhere in the Bible. As a matter of fact, the entire Bible is a rebellion against that idea. The whole idea of kingdoms is you're either in one or you're in the others. Um, you're, you know, you can't serve two masters. It's black, it's white, left, right, correct, incorrect, sin, not sin. You know, God's very black and white. For all the color he paints, all those colors, like I do oil paintings, and I can tell you that when it comes right down to it, all the colors are mixed, but there's really only three basic colors. Um, so it's not that complicated, but they can be mixed. So if people start mixing things a lot with a lot of beliefs or a lot of wants or I wanna's, it can get very colorful indeed. But then you lose sight of what was your original starting point? What did you start with? Where did you come from? Um, so I'm going to turn over to uh, – actually, I want to turn it on the computer here. It's in the book of Matthew 17, and it's uh, down around verse 27. Twenty-four through twenty-seven. I'm going to read those. And when they had come to Capernaum, they that received tribute money came to Peter and said, "Does your master pay tribute?" Now think about the word tribute while I'm reading this. And he said, "Yeah, yes." And when he came into the house, Jesus prevented him, saying, "What thinkest thou, Simon? Like, what are you thinking, man? Why did you say that? Of whom do the kings?" of the earth take custom or tribute, of their own children or of strangers? And Peter said to him, of strangers. And Jesus said, then the children are free. Did you hear that? The children are free. Like, do you think Tiberius, Caesar, took taxes from his son? Do you think that the Queen of England makes Charles pay her a tax or a tribute? And a tribute, isn't that just a tax for using something of the king's or being under the king, like maybe his protection or maybe his statutes or statues, right? Um, think about the fact that what Christ is literally saying there is he just separated all the kingdoms. You're either a stranger, right, or you're a child of God. You're either foreign or you're domestic. Um, you have to choose one of the other. And if you're going to be foreign, right, then you're going to pay a tribute. You're going to pay a tax. And a tribute is on monies, which are inscribed, right? Now we can go right back to uh, what does your master say? And he said, well, throw me the coin. Well, whose image and inscriptions on the coin? And he said, then render unto Caesar what is Caesar. We've taught on that in the past. Um, you guys can fire some questions if you wish, but there's some past shows on that. Christ is saying, look, this over here, guys, here's the inscription. This is the kings of this world. This is the kingdoms of man. And just like when they, the Israelites asked for a king in Saul, right? 
Samuel came and rebuked them. Samuel the prophet, he said, why are you, I'm paraphrasing, but why are you guys asking for an earthly king? You have a king. You're free in this king. You can do as you wish. You're free to worship him. You're free to follow the law, right? Well, yeah, but we want an earthly king because, you know, we're, we're scared of the other kingdoms around us, and all the other kingdoms have kings, so that's what we want. But, yeah, but you've got one. Yeah, but we want to see him. Well, you understand that if you get an earthly king, he's going to what? Tax you, and he's going to take your sons to war. And what happens? You put yourself under these kingdoms, what are they always doing? Going to war. Man, we've been at war forever. I think 17 years now we're going on war. This latest one. Just just the latest one. How many people have been killed, slain for what? Um, a lie, maybe? Maybe not the whole truth. Maybe it has something to do with something else other than what they're saying it is. So, and don't they have to tax you to pay for that, quote, protection? Even though they're not protecting us from anybody because nobody's here. Um, so, right there in black and white for all the people who say you're supposed to pay tax, he's saying, no, children don't pay the tax. That's it. If you're a stranger, you do, but not if you're a child of God. And that's because you're not in their kingdom, guys. You're foreign to them. You're not under their citizenship. You're not a part of their social structure um, in the way. You know, the Bible says to be in the world, but not of it. Um, of the world, meaning the earthly kingdoms, the way the teachings of pagans and all those other things that they're talking about. You know, you're going to follow the laws of God. You're going to follow the, you know, the rules of man. And it's interesting, too, because when you start getting into um, the kingdoms, like let's, let's go over, and there'll be some paraphrasing here, obviously, from me because I do that, but let's discuss the temptations of Christ, okay? Christ was taken up after he had fasted. Um, he was taken up on the mount. And Satan, what did he do? He said, look, if you're the son of God, command these stones to be made bread. And Jesus said, hey, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So what does he do? He rebukes, rebukes Satan's offer with God's law, which just happens to be Christ, so he could probably say it pretty well. But interestingly enough, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to skip the one where he told him to kill himself, which is just silly. Um, he took him up on this exceedingly high mountain, and he showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And he said, look, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. And he said, get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, thou shalt worship thy God, and in him alone shall you serve. And the devil leaved him, and then the angels came and ministered to him. Okay, so he was that, you know, like, it's not exactly the same, but technically that was kind of like a court. You know, Satan was holding his little tempting process here, and he. But I want to focus in on the kingdom thing. Okay, he takes him up on this mountain. He shows him all the earthly kingdoms, all of them. It says, and all of their glory and riches and everything that they had to offer. All the Sodoms, all the Gomorrahs, all the New York cities, all the Las Vegases, all the city of Londons within the city of Londons. The all that. And he said, if you will just bend your knee, I'll give you these kingdoms. And Christ said, what? Uh, no. You worship the Lord thy God, and only 
him shall you serve. So now I want you to think about this, okay? We've been going down this road about the person man, person man, citizenship. Do you get citizenship? Do you use the social security number? Do you use the birth certificate? Are you using the driver's license? Are you a beneficiary? Are you not a beneficiary? The way, in my opinion, the way that I'm looking at all of this is kind of simple. As I get older, I like to try to just boil things down to their basic premise, okay? Let's say you didn't use the social security number, okay? You couldn't get, let's think, a mortgage, which the word means death pledge, by the way. Now, the Bible forbids you, right? The Bible absolutely forbids you to be in debt. Now, just like in the temptations of Christ, he said, hey, turn this stone to bread. And he said, I'll proceed by, I live by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. In other words, I'm going to wait on the Lord. Satan's trying to speed up time. He's trying to get Christ to act on his own and not in the timing of God, not in the will of the Father. So Christ says, no, I'm not going to do that. And then what happens after Satan leaves? Instantly the angels come and minister him. They bring him bread. They bring him water. They bring him the spiritual help he needs to rejuvenate him, to get him to go and start his ministry. So he waited on the Lord. He trusted the Lord to provide his needs. He trusted him to provide all the riches that he was going to need from his riches and glory. So Satan comes along, right? He's always tempting you. Hey, I can give you a house. All you have to do is sign your soul over to me. I can give you, right, retirement. You don't have to save yourself. Just I, I'll tell you what. You sign this form. You give me all of your money, right? And I'll give you a little bit back when you're too old to spend. We'll just do it like that, okay? But all you have to do is sign your on this line that you're mine. Okay, so if this person, everybody says the person is a fiction. I think everybody on this phone call right now can pretty much agree that we agree that the personhood is a fiction. A lot of people would even say it's a dead fiction. You know, interestingly, in Revelations it says, in the latter days they shall be lovers of death rather than lovers of life, right? Um... So we have this personhood that's dead, fiction, and everybody's like, I'm not the fiction. I'm not that person, the dead fiction. But then they go down and they get a social security number, okay? And this is a tender spot, but you get a driver's license. On the driver's license, you have to check off, I'm a U.S. citizen. Every state I've ever lived in, you've had to do that. Now, some people don't agree with me on this, and that's fine. We can all have different opinions, but let's work our way through the maze. So you go down and you get this ID, or you go down and get this Social Security thing, which allows you to get bank accounts or credit cards. Credit cards are instruments of debt, are they not? You get things you can't afford. It builds up. Now they're charging you usury, which is forbidden in the Bible. You had to say you were a U.S. person when you're not, which is a sin because it's a lie in the Bible. You've gone into debt, which is a sin in the Bible. And if let's just say you didn't even have the Bible. Man, if you're going into debt, you're going to be subject to the loan lender. Like you're going to be at their mercy, okay? The same thing happens when you go to court. If you're going in as this person called a defendant, you're at the mercy of the bank or bench and the magician that's sitting up there on the bench. You're at his mercy. We've got a, a – he's a very, very nice man. Um, he's a great guy, and he's facing some pretty, pretty harsh things, um, and he made some mistakes. So I'm not faulting him. I'm not, I'd hate to be in his position. It'd be a tough position. But he took a deal. And my question was, you know, because you know, they can go back on the deals, right? I mean, they don't have to honor them. More than likely they will, but they don't have to. 
you know, the judge's discretion, right? He can say, no, I don't wish to honor that. So out of fear and not, you know, of unknowing, maybe you don't know how to be man, maybe you don't know what to write, he put himself completely at the mercy of this apotheos, right, this other god. Cause that, and he had turned himself over because he had to have an attorney to do that. So now he has placed himself completely in the hands of another kingdom. Now, that's, I understand how... I'm not saying I wouldn't have done it in his case. I don't know. I'm not in that situation. It's a tough call. It's hard. But why would we trust another kingdom or a lord that we don't know and not our father who we do know? Why are we not going to trust in the fact that he said he would provide for us? You know, is it our faith? Is it that he's not talking? Or maybe is it not that we're not listening? Maybe we're impatient. Maybe we get ahead of our father. Maybe we get ahead of ourselves sometimes and just jump into things, you know. I'm pretty spontaneous. In my younger years, I would just jump in head first to things before I even thought about what I was doing, and it got me in a lot of trouble. Um, what if we sat down and we really started getting this thing kind of worked out and we realized, now, wait a minute, they can't find me if I don't have a driver's license. Well, they can take me in there and find their person, but I just have to tell them I'm not that person and hold my ground until they realize I'm not going to pay it. If I don't get the credit card, they can't drag me into court because I haven't paid the credit card bill. If I'm patient and I wait on my father to provide me a place to live because he said he would, all I had to do was seek his face first. He said he would provide my needs. He knows my family needs me to live. I need to live somewhere. Is he going to provide me a place to live? Of course he is. So maybe I don't have to sign this 30-year death pledge. I don't even know if I'm going to live long enough to pay it. So how can you be an honored starting out? The answer is yes, I have gotten a mortgage in the past. I made mistakes too. So I'm not above it. I'm not reprimanding anybody. What I'm trying to say is there's some pretty big issues tied to this personhood. Um, it drags you into a kingdom where you are completely submissive. You are cut off from your father to a large degree. And, and I'll explain that in a second. He can only help you when you allow him to help you. He is not a tyrant. He is not going to force his, his peace, his love, his generosity, or his rule on you. You have to choose to love Yahweh. That's it. There is no makes. He's not a tyrant. Um, so if we choose this other kingdom, right, if we go down into this other kingdom willingly, and we're being double-minded, and we think, okay, so in Luke 22, it says they're calling themselves benefactors, and they exercise lordship over it, but you're not supposed to do that. Actually, he says, don't do it. So when you get in trouble and all that stuff, haven't, aren't you just reaping what you sowed? You know, a lot of the times, guys, we find that we get in trouble, not because the other side deceived us, but because we were not diligent and we didn't research the issue. We didn't read the fine print at the bank. We didn't study what the Social Security Act said. We didn't understand the fine print down there on the driver's license where it said this. You see, a lot of the times, I think laziness is what puts us in the place that we get to. And, and then ego, or vanity maybe, when somebody points it out, it's hard for us. No, it's their fault. You know, they deceived me. They didn't just wasn't full disclosure. And, and, you know, 
And then sometimes I think maybe we're getting in trouble because we're being double-minded and we want all the benefits of this personhood that Satan offers us, but we don't want any of the liabilities attached to it. We like the fact that we're going to get a check when we're 65, but we don't like the fact that they have to put a gun to our son's head to pay for it. Um, we like the fact that we can go buy a brand new car every two years, but we hate the payment when it comes in. You know, there's just all these things. There's liabilities. There's, you know, how much of the things, you know, the lovers of things, materialistic, do we bring into our lives when really a good cup of coffee and a great conversation with a friend might have made us just as happy? And maybe if we trusted our father, we would find that our lives would be a lot more fulfilling and perhaps he would set up his kingdom in the way that he said he would if we would just pray that he would do so. Um, and this brings me to another point. You know, this is exactly, there was some misunderstandings on some pretty big discussions about what the church is, what we're trying to accomplish with it. You know, people make a lot of presumptions and assumptions. And, you know, JC, myself, Brian, and some other people up here we're trying to set up what we believe the church was like back when Christ was walking this earth. You know, they got together. It's a government. It's literally a real kingdom that has its own sets of laws and its own rules and its own ambassadors and its own disciples and its own courts. Um, all of this is set up in the Bible for us. Like all we we don't have to fight the United States or France or Russia or England or the United Nations. We don't have to fight any of those people. You know, yes, I'm oversimplifying a little bit, but really it's essentially, no, guys, I don't volunteer to be in your world. I don't wish to be. And notify the proper people, and then exercise your belief. You exercise your freedom to be in the kingdom that you wish to be in. And that is what Christ just said in the book of Matthew when he said, look, I've, I've set up this a kingdom. I've, I've appointed it to you just like my father appointed it unto me. I'm sharing my kingdom with you. Just like when he was resurrected, he said, I go and I prepare a place for you. You know, I'm going, I'm going to call you unto myself. You're my bride. Of course I'm going to come back and bring you unto myself. But something, as we're getting ready to leave off here with this particular discussion, I want to, I want to take us back to the Garden of Eden. Here's Adam and Eve, freshly created, they're hanging out with God. Everything's cool. They're happy. God's happy. Here comes Satan. Hey, man, uh, Eve, come over here for a sec. There's uh, that tree of life over yonder. Oh, yeah, yeah. God said not to, not to touch it or we would die. Did he say you would surely die? Oh, yeah, he said not even touch it. Oh, really? Well, look at what I got. And then, of course, she eats it. And Adam eats it. And then what happens? <gasps> Bam. Now they know they're naked. They didn't know that before. They didn't know anything about that kind of thing. They were innocent. Satan pointed out, uh, you're naked. You're sinful. Uh, what did he do? They just transferred their trust over from the Father over to him, which caused the entire creation, in a sense, to fall. So Satan now takes control of mankind. And look what happens. The thorns, the thistle, by the sweat of their brow, they're going to have to work. They get kicked out of the garden. But before that happens, what did the Creator do? 
in the cool of the day, he's walking in the garden, which means what? He's in the flesh. That's Christ walking in the cool of the garden, in the cool of the day, in the garden. And he goes over, and what does he do? He clothes them. He provides the sacrifice. God himself, just like with Abraham, God himself provided the lamb. He provides the sacrifice. And when we get into the New Testament, everything was so messed up. And I'm, I'm oversimplifying it again, but man transferred control over to Satan, and Satan has been the prince of this world ever since. And Christ came here to redeem this world back unto himself, but he had to do it through the blood. Sin had to be removed. Um, and I'm going to have a buddy of ours come on here and talk about that because he has a really interesting perspective on that. Are you on here, Brian? Hello. Hey, well, while there's a little break real quick, uh, that thing that you said about taxing your children, I will tell you what, every Halloween I lay taxes on my son. I'm like, cough up that candy. <laughs> yeah, I do that to my kid, too. <laughs> Are you on here, Brian? Well, maybe he's not on here. He maybe not been able to get on, but he's got a really interesting viewpoint about that that we might bring up next Saturday if he doesn't jump on here. Well, but, the, uh, before you keep going, Brian, if you're if you are on the phone, uh, hit star eight to raise your hand, uh, and I'll be able to see you. It doesn't always work, but most of the time it does. The other thing is um, your fo- your phone might be muted. So just uh, check that. The, uh, and another thing, there's been uh, a few people I've had to mute out because of animal noises again tonight. And if that starts up again, I'm going to mute everybody and I'm mute just JC and Sean until until we get to an open floor. So if I have to do that, uh, it's going to take me a second or two to unmute uh, JC and Sean. So you guys just uh, hang in there for a second. If, the, if I have, I don't mean to. Uh, I don't mean to break in, but Gus, could you also send us their addresses? Just uh, their email address? <laughs> no, the people that are making noises. I'm just kidding. Oh yeah, I'd love to. <laughs> but uh, just real quick in closing, and there's a ton more I can talk about this, and I may just do it next week. But you have to understand when you're entering Satan's kingdom, the money inscripted, right? Isn't that got fathers on it? The founding fathers, the Bible says, call none your father but your father which is in heaven. Don't those things, aren't they instruments of debt if you use the Federal Reserve note side? There is a side that's money. We'll talk about that some other time. But the Federal Reserve, isn't that an instrument of debt? Isn't the statue, there's statutes, idols? So now you're worshiping, now you're placing yourself um, under these kings and governments? Um. And and you're placing your trust in a government, right? These other actors of government, these men of the world, and they are men. They're humans, a lot of them. Um, you're, you're trusting them to provide for a time in your life when you won't be able to stand up against them because you don't have anything else to stand with. And maybe you're too old to stand up. Um, I know if my knees and back are hurting this bad at my age now, when I'm 65, I'm in trouble. Uh, God better let me win the lottery. But um, 
we shouldn't be, it's idolatry and it's adultery, spiritual adultery. When we're placing the kind of faith in these actors of government, listen, those men and women that work in government, man, if you all trust them with your life, most of those people, I wouldn't trust them to mow my yard. I am sure as hell not going to trust them to safeguard my life because they can take it any time they wish. And uh, so, like the old saying, choose this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. Um, so, guys, with that, I'm going to go ahead and cut the lesson off uh, on this particular issue. Yes, there's more I want to talk about, but I've been rambling now for about 40 minutes. So, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it. And uh, I'd like to open up the floor first to JC and Gus, and then maybe we can move into some uh, question and answers. Um, you know, I'm I'm pretty good. So, Gus, if you'd like to go ahead. Um. Well, I'm I'm the same way. I mean, I agree with everything uh, Sherman's talking about. Uh, you know, I, I I have those same you know those same things. Um, you know, what do I do? And you know, if this happens, if that happens, the driver's license. You know, I wish to exit the matrix, exit the, you know, that system. And as Sean has mentioned in the past, when Lot was leaving with his family, he had to go across town. He had to walk up the hill, you know, up the mountainside. He was, you know, it, it didn't just happen. The magic carpet didn't just show up and whisk him away to never, never land. You know, he, it was work. He had to put some work into it. He had to get out. And, you know, similarly, um, it takes time to learn how to get out. You know, how, how do you get out, still earn a living, still pay for your, you know, still remain in honor, pay your debts. You know, that's the debts you shouldn't have had in the first place, but, you know, you got sucked into that with a car payment, a mortgage, whatever it is. You know, how do you exit all that and remain in honor? So, you know, that, that's what we're here to learn. Um, the floor is open if, if uh you know, as long as everybody remains uh, respectful, I'm not going to mute the whole board down. Uh, if you're having a hard time coming on, hit star eight, or you know. And if you if you're only on your computer and you want to put a message on the board, go ahead and do that. Uh, a comment or um, or a question. The uh, while we're at it, just uh, the website is redressfordummies.org. And if you go there, you'll see uh, 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 a page in the about section about common law shamanism, and that's the that's the the stuff, the the basic fundamental stuff that JC and Shaman have put out for you guys to start with. The rest of that website is all the stuff I did before we all started working together, which I you know I, I've shut down some pages. Somebody asked me for a password to a locked page today, and those pages are shut down because I haven't had a chance to clean them up yet. So redressfordummies.org is where you can find us. There's the Common Law Shamanism uh, Facebook page, which uh, we're all taking part in. So there's a few different ways to reach us. Uh, we have a, a Common Law WhatsApp group 
called uh, Common Law 101. And um, at the bottom of each uh, web page, there's my email, uh, redress for, I'm sorry, uh, grayersk at, at uh, gmail.com. And at the bottom of the Common Law Shamanism page is JC and Shaman's uh, email address, which is J-C-A-N-D-S-H-A-M-A-N at gmail.com. So if you're not speaking, please hit star six, mute yourself, or mute your own phone. Otherwise, the floor is open if anybody's got any questions. Who says a man cannot go to a hospital? Can you, Joe, can you, uh, I'm not sure what you mean by that question. I don't know. The hospital comes from the hospital. And it was basically made so that people could go there and be, uh, seek, ah, seek sanctuary and revive their health or spend the night like if they're traveling. Oh, he says he was answering Farmer John. <laughs> I didn't catch the rest of the messages. One of the things I'd like to comment on is um, as far as, you know, if you leave one kingdom and, and go back to uh, the kingdom of God, uh, how will God take care of you? How will he provide for you? And we're supposed to be doing that for each other. And then in, in the late 90s, I was I was making some really good money, but I didn't feel that I was um, a good steward of my tithe, the money I was putting out to the church, because I didn't know where it was going. And I talked to my pastor, and I told him, I don't feel comfortable tithing anymore. I'm working 40 hours a week, so I'm going to give you four hours a week. And and he said, all right, you know, whatever. And uh, you know, a month or so went by, maybe more, and I... I uh, I told him, I said, you know, I've got 28 hours racked up or whatever the, the number was, and I don't want to fall too far behind, so give me something to do. And he told me I could, well, there was a bunch of guys going to work on this lady's roof this weekend if you want to go there. Uh, and then eventually he gave me the keys to the church, and I was, um, I would go in and, and, you know, I'd move the wall one time, patch some stuff up, you know, whatever he needed done. I, I ended up leaving my tools in the closet over there uh, the stuff that I typically used, and that's how I taught. And I was thinking about that recently. If you're if you're uh, a doctor, a dentist, an attorney, I mean, if you provide some kind of service, uh, let's say you're an attorney and and you've got, you know, you you want to tithe and you give four hours a week to the church. You know, so on Tuesday nights you go, you know, or twice a week you might go and teach. Uh, you know, just answer questions like we're doing here. Or if you're a dentist, you might give some of your time to people who need some dental work. If you're a carpenter, if you're a plumber, you know, everybody can give their time. And if you've got 200 people in a church and they're all in a, in a relatively, you know, small area, let's say, you know, 30 miles away from each other at the most, you can, you can really help each other out. And the church doesn't need to have a whole lot of money for that building. I mean, you come together, you rent the place out, it, you know, what more do you need? If you give your money to the church, they're supposed to be helping people out. I don't know where that money goes. And they're all 501c3s. 
know, they're not allowed to tell the truth. They're not allowed to speak against things that they don't believe in. You know, they're stuck with that doctrine of, you know, separation of church and state, which is uh, applied the way the government wants to apply it, not the way it was intended. So there's a lot of reasons to get out of that system and to get back to where we're supposed to be. That's it for me. <laughs> yeah, I got a question. Hello? Who's up? Hey, uh, hey I'm sitting there talking. I was muted the whole time. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, yeah, I got a uh, talk about banking and, uh, you know, what the Federal Reserve knows, the banks are. How do you even – I don't know what you guys do, but um, it's kind of difficult to function without dealing with a bank. How do you it's guys very difficult. I have to do it all the time. How do you guys go about it? Well, I mean, you can get compensation with cash. Um, you can barter food, different things. I mean, it is a pain, I will tell you, because I've, I've had to do it. Um, it doesn't mean you can't use Federal Reserve notes because you're not using Federal Reserve, you're using money. Um, and it is both. There's a video that I'll, it might already be on there. If it's not, I'll get it to Gus so he can put it on the redress site. But, I mean, it's, it's you're right, it is hard. Uh, you can do it through the church. There is a way to do that, and the church is excluded from the same rules. Um, and that's what, you know, J.C. and I have been working on for some time, and it's going to take us a little while, and we hope to be getting that wrapped up. But it's a process, man. Um, you know, unfortunately, you have generations of people who have forgotten what it means to be in a, in a church the way it was designed, uh, and you don't have systems set up correctly. Um, there are a lot of, quote, buildings or organizations called churches out there that they do some good stuff. Well, if you were to take that same concept and just remove the government from it, uh, the 501c3, and the people just came together in the same fashion, it would be that simple. Uh, and instead of buying new church pews and carpet all the time, you know, when they have an 87-year-old man who doesn't have money for his power bill that month, they could go pay his power bill. Um, that's the kind of thing that we're supposed to be doing. And, and when you have people like carpenters who build houses, who can hire you, who can do those kinds of things, and you work with them, now you're, you know, basically what you're doing is you're creating an entire, well, it's already been created, but you're exercising an entire social construct and strengthening that thing to a point where it takes some of the burden off of the how hard it is to do. But the answer is it can be done. It just takes a lot of navigation and a lot of patience. And quite frankly, if you don't have a, you know, if it's hard to have a lot of faith in the creator, it can get pretty stressful from time to time, like getting down to that last minute, man, am I going to have, am I going to have that payment for the house this month? <laughs> you know, it gets pretty thick, man, but you just got to kind of hang in there and trust he's going to work his way through it. And he will, he will, I tell you, he will. Let me ask you this. I mean, I pondered the, uh, you know, the um, incorporated nonprofit organization status, which people think of churches. You guys are talking. I thought about that. I'm thinking, I mean, there's no, as far as my experience where I live, 
first of all, there's nobody who really believes like me is willing to even take it to a, to a point that I've taken it to. Like, and I'm thinking, is God really, do you think God's really mad at these people who have these denominations who are incorporated and have that tax exam status? I mean, I don't know. I can't answer that question. It was just something I, I you know, pondered here and there. Um, I don't know. You guys ever think about that? I can't speak for him, but I can tell you probably is because, I mean, he spent an awful lot of time in the Bible telling us to get out of those kingdoms. Um, some of the examples I would say would be, again, you go back to the story in the Old Testament of King Saul. Uh, the people wanted an earthly kingdom. They wanted to be a part of that system. You know, just like, okay, think about uh, when the Israelites were brought out of uh, Egypt. You know, here they were. They were definitely in considered slaves, but really they were just like people like us, everyday people. Uh, they were skilled workers that were there working, and their tax rate was somewhere around 22 23%, and I'll get some links up on Redress for Dummies on that um, to uh, give you that information. But uh, for the sake of time, let's just kind of go with it. And, you know, here comes God. He's like, look, you are slaves. Let my people go. Moses gets the people out. They're going through the desert. God's feeding them. He's giving them water. He's heading them out. He goes up. Moses goes up on the mount to give them the law. God's saying, you're my people. Here, I'm going to write the constitution of my people or the contract or the covenant. Um, he comes back down. What did they do? They smelted all the gold down, created a central bank, created a central government, and they were marching around the Baal bull, which is the same symbol for the stock market, and, and God killed them, a lot of them. He killed them. And Moses smashed the Ten Commandments, or all the commandments, there's more, but he smashed the commandments, had to go back up and redo them. And if you think about it, all the people that left e Egypt, none of them got into the Promised Land. All of them died. He had to bring a whole new generation in because they, he couldn't have them tainted with that, that whole mindset. Uh, he was trying to teach them how to trust him and his rule and only have titular re leaders, like, you know, people who kind of have vision and can kind of help guide, but ultimately the, the rule comes down to the creator. JC? Do what? Did you want to comment on that? Uh, I'm sorry. I stepped away for a moment. I didn't hear anything until JC. Oh, okay. Sorry. He was just asking, do we think that God gets frustrated or angry with people who, uh, you know, wish to partake of the other system and the other kingdoms and not his? And I was telling him how essentially he killed all the Israelites who wanted to go back to Egypt and created the uh, central banking system and the systems of government that God was trying to pull them out of. So, yeah, I mean, I think he does get angry at that, you know, after some time. Maybe not at first with people because they got to learn, and it takes them a little while to work their way out. But if they just refuse or they want that kind of idolatry, yeah, I think he gets upset. Would you agree? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that uh, – I think it's really a, a question of, of conscious, how conscious somebody is, and then once they're conscious – the intent that they have. Um, I mean, basically, in the world that we grew up in, you know, it's almost impossible to operate with no legal person at all, um, unless you're going to go and live off the land and be in the woods, which there are people who do that, you know. Like, I believe 
the History Channel might have a show on them called Men or something like that. But even those people um, living under that kind of structure, they, they're still getting brought down by the system, getting land taken, you know, by the banks that their families own for, you know, 300 years. So I think it's a, kind of a conscious choice. I think that once you're aware and you actively choose the other side, I would say that would piss God off. Um, if you're aware and you're actively trying to change your situation and the situation of the people who are around you, but by necessity you have to use a legal person every now and then, I think God's pretty compassionate and would probably understand. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, you know, you got to think, though, can you imagine if people really started getting it and just said, wow, and got it, how fast we could flip that around? I mean, it, it could literally be so fast because there would be so much pressure to do so. And, and to say it couldn't be done, you only need to consider Rome. You know, there was a time when Christianity had Rome on the ropes. Uh, obviously, Rome rebounded through Constantine and ended up putting a lot of pressure back the other way without him even realizing it. But, you know, it was bringing Rome to its knees. Yeah, I Christianity. mean, the reason that Constantine freaking legalized Christianity is because his soldiers would have killed him if he didn't. You know, they would have walked away from the battlefield they were on. Um, but another form of more or less regime change kind of in the same manner would be the Revolutionary War. I mean, when, you know, the people of the American colonies freaking got so fed up with the king's rule and the king's tyranny and being under parliamentary statutes, you know, they basically said, hey, we're not going to take your governing anymore and, and walked away. You guys ever hear of the Embassy of Heaven out in Washington? <laughs> yeah, it's funny. We just got through going through that website about three days ago. <laughs> I went through that uh, a few years ago. I came across that by, by uh, Providence, and I said that dude's pretty cool, man. What he what he's gone through. He combed through that whole website. He gives a testimony on, you know, how he's in jail, how he's dealt with jail on the courts and stuff. It's pretty remarkable. Yeah, you know, they have a lot of great ideas. Um, I had come across them a couple years ago. You know, they've got some good ideas. They are way off the mark on some things. But if you really want to get with somebody who's a lot closer to, to truly getting it, and not only that, uh, I don't know if you're the guy or if it was somebody else, and I apologize if it was you and I'm not recognizing exactly the voice, but there's a gentleman, um, his holy church he started about 30-some years ago, maybe a little longer. Um, I believe Gus has some links to him and uh, their organization. And they're in, like, just about all the states. They're in most of the states of uh, the Union. And, you know, they operate completely outside of the United States. They have a church ID. They use it to travel even to Washington, D.C., uh, he's flown through the country, and he has a great 
writing. It's pretty lengthy. It's about 100 and, what is it, John, about 175 pages or something like that, the Free Church Report? Uh, yeah. 145. Who is that? Uh, Brother Gregory, I don't know his last name, but CNN did a spout on him, and he's so nice that they didn't even bag on him. They thought he was a great guy. Um, so that tells you he's pretty slick. Great guy, but uh, it's his holy church. You can go on YouTube. His teachings are really, really slick, man. I mean, I've gotten some really good information from him uh, as far as Bible studies, and uh, he's just a good dude. And there's, and he's got, like I said, they've got churches all over the place. And the thing of it is, man, is you can join it through the internet. Like you can become a member of that church. You don't have to be in the town. You know, you can contribute and read, and they share things and. Well, how do I get? In, how do you? How do I find out more about it? I mean, you have a link or anything? Yeah, it's just he's on the internet. Like I said, we have a link on our uh, about <clears throat> common law shamanism page on redressfordummies.org, dot org, and it's uh, his holy church. Oh, I think I org. a while ago. I just yeah. Uh, I mean, he's on, awesome. I just put it on a chat board for anybody who's on the board. It's uh, his holy church. It's a, it's a PDF, the Free Church Report. If you click on. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, you'll you'll find it if you if you want to find the links that we talk about while we're we're talking, uh, you can go to chatgrabber.com, put in this call ID number, episode one thirty nine, and you can get all the links that way as well. Yeah, I got a YouTube video. I just, now you mentioned it. Uh, I had it bookmarked in my bookmarks from I don't know a few years ago. Yeah, I got it. So. Yeah, I'll go back through his stuff, check it out. Yeah, and, and it's similar. Um, I mean, the concept of the Embassy of Heaven is is he's getting in the ballpark. I don't agree with the way he's going about it, but, I mean, essentially you got to think it's, an, it's another family. It's like a social, again, it's a social construct. The church is the body, right? It's... Me, you, JC, Gus, it's it's everybody who is a child of God. And then that body comes together to act harmoniously to benefit not only themselves, but the communities around them. I mean, it wasn't so long ago the church would feed the poor and provide medical care and stuff like that. And look, you know, John, John just talked about this, I think, Wednesday, talking about, or maybe in the last couple of weeks he did, um, He's talking about how much the government has taken that kind of stuff over. Now the government provides everything, food, medical, everything. Um, that's not – you see how it's taking the place of the creator in the lives of men and women? And then look at how irresponsible they are with the stuff they've been entrusted with. And, uh, and look how irresponsible the people are that are entrusting them with that stuff. You know, we're supposed to be good stewards. That means studying, learning, getting to know one another, acting honorably, keeping each other accountable. Um, hey, Sean. We, yeah. I, I'm on the phone. I just, I can't text you back. I've been on, I, something came up. I was on for about, I've been on for about 15, 18 minutes. Oh, okay. Hey, well, would you do me a favor after, if somebody wants to respond to what I just said, I was going to ask you to talk about that blood redemption thing of the ground. Yeah. If you don't mind. Yeah, no problem. Um, so does anybody have a comment about what I was just talking about, the church coming together and doing that kind of thing? Okay, just just so you know, 
that's that's exactly what JC and I are working towards. Like, we're trying to set up to where we all come together under the kingdom of heaven and act and serve one another and kind of become what we're supposed to be, which is separate people. We're supposed to be a peculiar and separate people. And, uh, yeah, I mean, just hang out and be cool and work our way through this problem together. If I could ask, I mean, you said that um, Paul Revere over at the Embassy of Heaven, is there one thing you could just mention that you sort of disagree with or think he's off the mark or whatever? Uh, I got one thing. Yeah. I was reading through some of the stuff that he was talking about with legal documentation and what to bring up. Like if a court is bringing an action against you and he's completely off the mark about the attorney, there's nowhere even in their writings that says that you have the right to an attorney, you have the right to counsel. And, in fact, one of my buddies... um, uh, you know, this man I was helping, when he got arrested, on the actual paperwork, it told him to go seek counsel with family and friends on what to do in the situation. And it's really kind of hilarious because, of course, they got most of society trained to, you know, like, if hey, if he goes to his mom or his dad or his brother or his aunt or his uncle, they're all like, go get an attorney, you know. They're going to be encouraging him to get an attorney, but, you know, this man and so he called me up and he was like they told me to go get counsel and that was hilarious because they didn't they didn't wish for him to really go get counsel they they wanted him to go get an attorney but that one document that he had they would go walk right on over because it's very obvious that he has no clue what he's actually talking about brother gregory definitely has his paperwork a lot or proper. It's it's proper. Um and the kingdom of heaven or whatever the paperwork. Embassy of Heaven, yeah. Oh, Embassy of Heaven. It's both. It says by it goes by both. You there, J C? Yeah. Okay, you broke out. I was just letting you know it was both so that he didn't get confused. Oh yeah, I'm just saying that the the paperwork that I saw on their webpage was not yeah. proper. like it was not proper paperwork. Uh, JC and I went through that page together. Um it and it's not it's not a reprimand. Uh we're not reprimanding or putting down or anything. It, it can come across like that or we're not being arrogant. But, you know, boiling this whole thing down there's so many rabbits you can chase so many different doors and avenues and thoughts beliefs it's real hard sometimes uh, fear plays a big part of it to get it boiled down to its fundamental principle and you know we're really really working together here trying to get this thing boiled down and when the when you have a a leader of an organization telling you okay to, to seek an attorney and that do this in court and this and this, if they don't even understand what court is, okay, they don't understand the root of the problem. And by not understanding the root of the problem, it has to attain everything that they're touching. There's no way because it's just like building a house. If, if you can't read a tape measure properly, 
there's a really good chance the house isn't going to come out plumb level and square. And it takes time and a lot of effort to get to the point where you can understand this whole problem at its fundamental base. Sure does. Do what? It sure does. It takes a lot of uh I it takes a lot of support <clears throat> and, and learning and being led by him. I mean, I was I was led by the Lord first came across Carl Lentz, and I came across across Gus and now I'm, you know, involved with you know, your program and stuff like that. So yeah, man, it's it's, it's you know, I tell people about this stuff, and their minds are, their brains, their heads are ready to explode, you know. And I said, you know, like, how do <laughs> yeah. you do it? I said, you know, it takes a lot of education, a lot of education. And, uh, you know, yeah, like you said, I mean, there's a lot to weed through out there. And, uh, yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, you know, and, and I'm I'm not trying to hog it tonight, JC. I, I'm just kind of excited about it, you know. Today, um, well, actually, in the last two days on this little project that I'm doing, there's been a lot of people there, and, uh, man, like, there's been a lot of conversations, and I showed them things on paper, and they, these people are excited. I mean, and one of the things that's kind of neat, and I always notice this, and I think JC does too, when you're explaining freedom to people, they get a smile on their face. I mean, I don't know how many people on here kind of, you know, how much you talk to people about it. But when you find that you're talking to people and you're telling them what freedom really is and what they can do if they wish, they'll always get this smile on their face, like amazement, like, wow, you mean I can really be that free? You mean I don't have to do this or do that? Um, Yeah, and, you know, and it's like, and you think about in the Bible, it talks about, the Antichrist, it says he causeth all. You know, you were talking about how hard it is to exist without these things. What? The Social Security number, the number of the beast uh, mentality. You know, I think it's just a belief. Uh, we've talked about that in the past. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's hard, man. And But the good news is, and I really think that we're, you know, not an ego thing, but J.C. and I and Gus and some others, I think I have to really think we figured our way through the maze here. And, uh, you know, I thank God for meeting J.C. Him and I have, I love him to death. I mean, we sit and argue and fight and talk and laugh. And honestly, in the last year of all the stuff we've studied or read, him and I just pounding away at, at things and bouncing ideas off one another and talking till two, three o'clock in the morning, getting an hour and a half of sleep and getting up the next day and doing it again. I mean, he said it, and I and I'll agree with him. We probably learned more in the last year and a half together than we did in the previous ten years, just because we were willing to sit there and pound these things out. So, you know, I think there's a really good opportunity, and I'd like him to address it too. Um, I think we're really on our way. I think we figured our way through the maze in a very peaceful, reasonable way and very honorable. Would you agree with that, JC? Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, you know, Shaman and I have the saying that goes, uh, when you get somebody to resort to ad hominem, you know, you, you've you won the intellectual debate. You've won the intellectual challenge. 
when somebody has nothing else to do except insult you or, you know, <laughs> show that they're more powerful and have more guns or do <laughs> That's funny. That, like they don't have any logic to come back at you with, then you've won the intellectual side of the argument. And really the shaman and I have uh, have gotten them into a position where the only times we really lose is because they're just resorting to ad hominem. They're just going to run over it regardless of what you do. Um, and, you know, honestly, in my mind, that's just more reason to fight. Um, and you guys are going to see a lot of the stuff coming to light really soon because if the public in general doesn't start picking up these ideas, then we're going to be in a lot of trouble. So I know that, like, one gentleman was talking about, like, explaining it to people, and it kind of blows their mind. In a lot of cases, when Shaman and I are working with people, we try and limit it down to an hour because what we say is, it's a thought high. Like, we're getting people high on the idea of thoughts, and typically when we're working with people, we tell them to talk to us right up to, you know, the security of freaking going into the courthouse so that, you know, you're still on that thought high when you're actually having to perform. And, you know, hopefully you don't come down too fast. Yeah, um... You know, I, I had talked to you guys, I think it was maybe like two or three weeks ago about doing some paperwork because I was having an issue with a uh, local court and the chief of police. I put my paperwork in, I don't know, maybe uh, almost two weeks ago, and I haven't even heard from the court. And uh, you know, I put my notices in and whatnot. And it's like, it's sort of like you're know, being on edge a little bit because, you know, I never know what, when something's going to come in the mail and try to demand something of me, it's just it's just interesting. So, you know, I'm just uh I'm waiting to hear back from the court, see what's going on so I can let you guys know and uh I'll keep you guys updated. Man, I, I I don't know what the situation is, but I just go down there and be like, Hey, you know, is you know, is the high clerk like when's the high clerk available? When's the next available appointment? We go ahead and schedule it or when's the sheriff available, when's their next available appointment, or when's the prosecutor available, when's their next available appointment, because all of these people are working in the public arena. So if they don't answer your stuff, if they don't answer uh, your documentation, I would go up there and get in their face, unless, of course, it's at a courthouse or in a county where they've been so lawless as to just throw me in jail for no reason. <laughs> I completely document everything. And I still go up there and get in their face with Shaman, and he comes down with the crew, and I come up with the crew, and we go, hey, go arrest that man. And then they say, hey, man, you're in the sheriff's lobby. You're trespassing. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, uh, ain't this a public building? Get out. Well, I don't know, man, because I don't want them, you know, putting a warrant out for my arrest because I, I sent everything uh, certified mail return receipt. I got I got 
you know, I got it back with the, the court stamp and everything, so I know they got my notice. Just, uh, well, I'm not yeah, worried I mean, about it. I'm just, you know. Well, I mean, like I said, I, I don't really know the situation, but, you know, if, if I'm requiring an answer, then I'm going to be down there in their face. Like, you know, if, if you're putting a notice in to stop a case and it stops and they don't want to talk to you anymore, that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm just, again, this is the first time I'm actually going through this. So I'm inexperienced with actually dealing with a court. So um, that's all. I was just curious. Yeah, and just remember, when he says getting in their face, he doesn't mean being rude. Be courteous, always polite. Yeah, I mean, some people can misunderstand that, so I just want to clarify. Getting in their face means not backing down. Right. And, I mean, you know, honestly, man, you know, if this is your first time, like you're talking about, just remember that anything they send you is just a piece of paper. Like, that's all it is. It's a piece of paper. Like... You know, and I know that it kind of makes your heart stop and kind of makes your blood pressure go up because it involves you, you know. Um, but at the end of the day, man, it, it's just a piece of paper. Yeah, but that piece of paper can make life kind of crazy. But, you know, I don't know how people do it without the Lord. Because if I didn't have the Lord, I would forget about it. I mean, there's no way to deal with the stress. <laughs> Amen. Amen, dude. That's absolutely right. I'll tell you right now. Uh, JC can attest to it. He sat right there and watched it happen in real time. And the Lord was absolutely, I mean, he brought John and I together. I mean, we're buds, man. And uh, he brought that relationship together. And we walked right in that court. And the very first thing him and I ever worked together, we won. Right, JC? Yeah. And God just flipped it around. Hey, can I share something real quick? Something when I was studying the Bible, I think you guys would dig this because you're into you're into studying words and stuff. So this is gonna be real quick. I was I was studying the Book of Revelation in chapter two and three, where Jesus uses the word overcometh. So I was just I was just checking out the definition of it, and uh, I came across one of these definitions. It was pretty cool. It says, "When one is arraigned or goes to law to win the case, to maintain one's cause." I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, and that was for overcometh? Yeah, that's what overcometh means in the Greek. That's one oh, cool, man. aspect of that word. Yeah, that's awesome. Hey, uh, JC? Yeah. Do you mind if I have, I want? I really wanted Brian to talk about something him and I talked about um, before we get toward the end of the show. If you didn't really have anything, do you mind if he talks about this? No, I don't care. Yeah, it's a pretty, it's a pretty cool little thing about... Uh, the blood from the ground. Go ahead there, Brainiac. We were just talking, and I said, uh, I said, uh, do you, do you, I said, why didn't God just, uh, after the flood, why didn't he just start over? You know, why didn't he allow, you know, new heaven, new earth, all that stuff? But in Numbers, in the book of Numbers, in chapter 35, Verse 33 says, So you shall not pollute the land wherein ye are, for blood uh, for blood it defileth the land, and the land cannot be cleansed of the blood that is shed therein, but by the blood of him that shed it. In other words, somebody kills somebody, you know, 
murder someone, you're supposed to put them to death. Otherwise, the land's defiled. And I said to Sean, I said, hey, man, who killed Adam and Eve? And uh, basically, I'll just go through it. It's kind of rhetorical questions. But in my eyes, you know, the devil deceived them. And uh, I, what I was saying with him is that if you read the, the, the context, and I take a little bit of uh, thought, and I kind of read a little bit between the lines, but it basically, you know, God gave them one commandment to follow in the garden. He said, hey, you can eat anything in the garden. He says, but don't touch this tree. Tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you can't eat that. So uh, Eve gets it, you know. It doesn't say that Adam and Eve were there. You don't know if God said it to both of them or if he told Adam and then he made Eve from Adam. So then Eve comes, but it gets related to her, and then Satan uh, says, are you not supposed to eat any of these any of these uh, trees? And she said, uh, we're not supposed to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and either. Neither should we touch it lest we die. You know, And so she adds to the word. She didn't understand the law, did she? So I think what happened at that point, I think that uh, Satan went over and I think he touched it. I think he's sitting here holding it and he says, uh, yes, God said, you know, he questions God's word. He questions the commandment, right? He says, yes, God said uh, that, you know, this will kill you. No, you're going to be like God if you eat it. Now, in my opinion, because they hadn't ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, they uh, they didn't, they were kind of innocent. So they were kind of misled. And I think, well, you know, the devil killed them. He used God's word against them. And he killed them. Does he not do that today? All kinds of churches out here that misunderstand scripture and stuff and you know and uh, there's actually a verse I think it's in Peter it says as they wrestle uh, also the other scriptures under their own destruction but anyway he, he says uh, so Jesus Christ was God manifest in the flesh God came down and he shed his blood right well how do you remove the curse off of the ground of the earth you know, unless you, the murderer slain. And in the New Testament, he says, uh, he likens him to a thief. He says the thief comes in and breaks and steals and kills. You know, he tells the Pharisees, you're of your father the devil. And so Satan's a murderer. So I think that somewhere, some way along the line, yeah, there's going to be a manifestation just like God walked in the flesh, I think the devil will too. I think it's in the Antichrist, I think he comes in, and I think the minute that he does that, then he has flesh, and he has blood, and the blood of the murderer can be shed. And then he can go into the new heaven and the new earth. And I think that's why in Genesis 6, after the flood, he didn't just start over again then, because that curse was still on the, on the ground. But that was just my thoughts on it. Yeah, man, I thought that was pretty cool. Because, I mean, it's just like with Pharaoh. I mean, he could have just killed Pharaoh. Um, he could have done anything he wanted, just took the people, killed all the... I mean, he could have just done that. But he went through a process, and it was because they volunteered into a system. So God couldn't just go take them because 
for a lack of, I don't know how else to say it. I don't, I don't really believe he had the authority to do it. I mean, he did, but he didn't. I mean, he's not, he doesn't override free will. So if you choose to be in another kingdom, you have to choose to leave. Um, that's just my opinion. And, uh, but anyway, I, I appreciate that, Brian. That was a, I like that point of view. I thought that was pretty cool. No problem. And guys, we got a little bit of time. Um, I mean, it's kind of an open, open-ended thing here. You don't, if you have a question for JC or Gus or um, something you're dealing with in court or a spiritual question or anything like that, you know, feel free. I mean, the, the floor is yours. Just fire away. Make sure your phone is unmuted. Hey, Jeff. I had to make Jeff. sure my phone was unmuted. I was going to say, I've never known you to be that quiet. Hey, um, you've been... Uh, just some conversations I've been having with you yeah. lately. You've been coming... Like I think some lights are starting to pop on for you. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've been dim, Sean. <laughs> well, and I didn't mean that in a bad way. I just okay. you're starting to. It's like you you've kind of advanced a level. Um, so, I mean, briefly, would you like to say anything about that? I mean, people you're talking to, things you're doing, just about where you're at, where you you know. I just you're dealing with your mom and stuff. Yeah, you know, that's been, I think that is what has helped me a lot, Sean, is that, uh, you know, seeing the way her attorney has handled her, is al- I'm almost in disbelief of some of it, um, only because, you know, we have <clears throat> this conditioned notion of, you know, you hire an attorney and you get help. And, uh, you know, watching my mother struggle through this at 80 years old, um, and realizing that this man would absolutely manhandle her and drag her through the meat grinder if I didn't know you and I didn't know what I know even. You know, um, it's really scary how many people, I mean, it's just the majority of people that are going through this. And it's interesting to see even my mother at 80 years old learning this or having to learn this, watching my mom open the Bible every night for years, you know, and still not even really realize her status on this planet as as woman and how to assert her right. She's never really stood for herself or understood how to do that. So it's been a really great learning experience, and it also helped me because you know me, I like to help people with remedy, and, uh, with health and with whatever, and it's been nice to be able to show this to people that are going through, uh, literally going through hell, you know, uh, whether they're having their children taken or whatever, and seeing them have some lights go off themselves and saying to themselves, wait a second, that's, that's true. I, you know, I did give them authority. I did sign a contract with them. I did allow them to do this or that. And once you start really thinking about that or, you know, you plant that seed, it's amazing how people respond to that, um, both positively and negatively. A lot of people don't like to be accountable. We found that out. 
But um, it's been, I mean, I've just seen a lot of change, especially in the last year. I've just seen a lot of change in this in this whole thought process with people um, starting to really listen. That's nice. A lot of lost people out there. Yeah, I mean, there really is a lot of lost people out there and people who are just don't you know. Don't even know it. Yeah. Uh, on a on another note, we've had in the last five days twenty people grow, join the Facebook page. Um, awesome. People are starting to get on there, and you know, I wish they were a little more interactive. Right now, it seems like they're more just waiting for us to tell them something. I I really hope you guys and whoever's on that starts using that forum. Uh, we did see one lady who had had some huge problems medically. Uh, the government messing with her from a psychological, you know, and within, what was it, 24 hours, there was a nurse on there who has had a similar experience and started helping her in private. So that's just a great example of, you know, here's a nurse involved in that type of thing, has dealt with that type of thing, sees somebody in need, gets on there, says, contact me privately, and boom, starts helping her, you know. Um, that's just a good thing. That's exactly what that page is designed for. I had somebody reach out to me today too from the page for help. From that page? Yeah, for oh, health. That's cool. Health help. Yeah. <clears throat> as as a matter of fact, she's that she's one of the people that had her kids taken. So she's got some medical issues too. Hey, what's the URL for that Facebook page? I just posted it on the uh, chat board. If you're uh, if you're on that. But it's uh, common law shamanism. It's I, on Facebook. How do you get on the chat board? Uh, you go to uh, the call for tonight, and if you if you go to TalkShoe and you put in call ID number one three four zero eight four, it'll take you to uh, you can you can sign in uh, to the message board to the chat board. All right, I'm gonna go there right now. See if I get on there. That's all right. And if you if you want, you can go to chatgrabber.com after the after the show's done, and all the messages that scrolled across the screen tonight will be there, including all the links that I post. And then you can just copy and paste them into your browser, and it'll take you right to the Facebook page. But the Facebook page is Common Law Shamanism. Um, JC, do you have anything you wanted to talk about? Um, no, not really in particular. Oh, I don't think they hear me. We can hear you. Oh. Oh, okay. I, I didn't think I got a response. Um, so the question is just a couple of weeks ago, I heard somebody say that the judge can exist on both sides and uh, in the fiction and in in the flesh, I guess. Um, can you explain that and give me um, some resources where I can study up on that a little? 
Well, the man who's acting as judge has to be duly qualified, which means that he has to act in law and uh, on the legal side. Uh, So, like, the man who acts as prosecutor or an attorney, like an attorney, if you go and look at any attorney's card or whatever, they can only be attorneys at law. They cannot practice in law. The judge has to practice or perform in law, and that's the man's side of it. Um, So... For something to go through there, uh, it has to be duly qualified. It has to be legal and lawful. And we went over that on on uh, Wednesday. So if you go back, you can find a picture taken out of Black's Law Dictionary. And at the bottom of it, it says, Thus, a lawful writ, warrant, or process is the same as a legal writ, warrant, or process. So any like uh, writ is is basically like an, a legal action. Any writ that is before the court has to be duly qualified. It has to be legal and lawful. Um, so the judge could sign anything he wishes that's legal, but until it's lawful, it, it's not executable. Does that make any sense, or uh... yeah, it, it it makes sense. And I'll I guess you guys talked about this on Wednesday, and we were traveling and missed the show, so we'll go back and listen. But um, when you say writ, do you mean any paperwork that's before the court or specific? Writ literally W R I T, and it, it's it's literally right. Okay, so it's like. You know, now we say right like W-R-I-T-E. And, um, but back when, you know, the legal English was really getting started, uh, they just spelled it W-R-I-T. So in, in the English law language, so there's a difference between like uh, legal English and English law. Um, so <laughs> English law is basically the etymology of English. Um, and legal English is what, you know, what the attorneys use, and it's mixed in with a lot of Latin terms. And, in fact, all of the words in, in legal English don't have definitions to them. They have terms, uh, terms and phrases. So writ literally is basically like anything that's written down. So like an order would be a writ, even though they don't call it a writ anymore. Um, You know, a warrant would be a writ. Uh, A judgment would be a writ. Uh, If you were going down to file a complaint, that would be a writ. Uh, Basically anything that's written down that has to have the authority of someone besides just the creator of who's writing it down is a writ. Anything that's executable by the court or by the state. And it has to be duly qualified and duly means both sides. So if you know, for example, that a warrant is not uh, lawful because there's no wedding signature, what do you... uh, 
what do you do when there's when there is a writ that's not lawfully uh, qualified? Okay, um, that's something where we probably have to see the paperwork to really answer it. If there's a signature on the copy that you have, then there's a wet ink signature in the court's original file. Okay. Um, the, the the policing agencies here in Alaska are saying we don't have to even have the warrant anymore. It's electronic. We don't have to have it anymore. We don't have to. Yeah, they're doing electronic it. signatures. Like well, electronic signature. Well, I'm not. Yeah, I guess I'm asking a couple different questions at the same time. Let me let me just ask one. They're basically saying they don't have to have a warrant if you demand the the warrant. There, uh, a friend of ours was arrested on an, a warrant, and he demanded to see the warrant. And the police man said, "We don't do that anymore." Uh, they have to have a warrant for an arrest, otherwise, no. it's a false arrest. Like you, you have to have some type of paperwork. They can arrest you and hold you for up to 72 hours and not charge you with anything. Um, they can do that, but if they charge you with something, they have to have a warrant. Okay, all right. I, so this guy was just, I, I've heard of it twice now that they're saying we don't do that anymore. So I just wondered, um, that's definitely a writ. And it's definitely not qualified, uh, law- lawfully qualified, right? If they don't have it. Was it? Did the guy get charged? Um, he was held for ten days, released. It's kind of complicated, and I was out of town when it happened. But he was released after ten days by one of the uh, men in black robe, uh, man in black robe that he went to, um, and eventually he was charged with with something because he had a trial and at his trial he was found not guilty but I, I that's that's about as much detail as I know yeah I mean that's you know that's we really can't give any type of advice on something like that or an opinion oh, no. well I'm not asking really for advice I was just really trying to figure out this if they were being unlawful uh um, I mean, I, I can basically safely say that they are almost always operating unlawfully, unless they're picking somebody up for murder or assault and battery or, you know, like a cop just happens to see a violent crime in his presence. Um, I mean, they're almost always acting uh, legally, like under you know, Roman civil law, but they're not acting lawfully under the common law of the land. And all those things you said, there's an injured party. Someone got injured. Yeah, yep. I understand that. Um, but so, okay. Uh, oh, I'm going to lose battery power. I'll just get off now. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for coming on.
Hey. Hello? <clears throat> Hello? 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 If you guys uh, have any questions. Hi, Money Mike, real quick, uh, Gus. I just got a quick question for you. Uh, you talked about the uh, Common Law 101 uh, what, on the WhatsApp uh, and I guess on the Skype. Um, problem is, uh, I tried to search for it just in general and it, can't, it doesn't uh, come up with anything. So I guess it's uh, case specific. So could no, you like it's, get. Uh, uh, it's, not, it's not an open group, it's a closed group. The only people that I'm going to let in there are people who can focus and stay on point and stick to basically what we're teaching on these calls because there's a lot of new people and I don't have time to babysit oh, that's all a new the stuff. Oh, okay. I don't that's have a new like, the okay. Skype, like the Skype group. I don't have time to babysit yes. all the comments. You know, hundreds of comments go through there. I'm not going to watch the board to make sure everything's okay. So unless unless you're, you know, you can uh, refrain from posting all sorts of websites and all sorts of other stuff, then you know, I'm not going to let you know, let you on there. So it's basically by invitation. Oh, okay. So you, it, it's just simply call that. Is it just still needs another kind of thing? Oh, okay, that's cool. Yeah, just you, I, you I get my number. Yeah. Reach out to me on WhatsApp, and uh, you know, just let me know. You anybody who wants to get on that group, uh, you can reach me on on Skype at Gus Breton, and ask me to get into the Common Law One Hundred and One Skype group. Or at six zero three three nine six one zero nine two, that's my phone number. I've got a New Hampshire number, even though I'm on Minnesota now. And you can reach me there and um, and talk to me about getting on the WhatsApp uh, Common Law One Hundred One group. Anybody else got a question? There's uh, somebody who had asked me a question, and I wasn't going to ask it because um, the, uh, it was more for Wednesday night, and so they, they reminded me about it. And there's a, a man in Manitoba who was asking about what's the difference between okay, okay, and okay, because it seems that the legal society uses it quite a bit. And he had spelled it okay in all caps, okay in all lowercase, and then okay, uh, okay, a y. And so I didn't. I don't have an answer for that, and I wasn't going to go looking for one either. But uh, but in listening to that recording, uh, when I was in court in 2015, the prosecutor did use the word okay quite a bit. And yeah, he so did. I thought maybe. <laughs> Maybe there is a significance to that. So I don't know if there is or not. And I don't know if uh, JC or Sharman have a comment on that or not. But that's a question that uh, had been posted, you know, that somebody gave me from Manitoba this week. And I told them I'd, do, I'd ask it on Wednesday. But seems like a seems like the floor is pretty quiet right now. Not to cut in and, and overstep, but Gus, I listened to that. I've listened to that a bunch of times. I listened to it uh, today. And I was actually making fun of that prosecutor. <laughs> okay, okay. He said it a lot. I know. I've been told that over and over. I've got a friend in Minneapolis, and yeah. I, I, I think he listens to it you know, once a week. He, he's got yeah. lots of attorney friends, and he gives it to them. And he <laughs> says, all right, if this stuff don't work, then explain this. And yeah. every time he listens to it, he, 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 he makes fun of that okay thing over. It's he hilarious. laughs every time. 
I, I'm going to count it. I'm going to see how many times he does it just so, so I know. It's got to be at least 20. Yeah, and so, you know, maybe there is some significance to it. I don't know, but that was a question, and I don't have an answer, so I didn't know if J.C. or Shaman did. Hey, Shaman, you want to go at this one first? Are you on No, you take it. Say what? No, you go ahead and take it. Uh, All right, well, I mean, I know... uh, a little bit about the origins of OK. So basically, <clears throat> OK, um, from my understanding, comes from a Freemasonic Lodge in New England. And it was like the lodge was actually OK. And so it was a pretty prominent lodge, which is how this term actually spread. And uh, it was like... Uh, you know, if somebody knew that that guy was in a was in that lodge or that man was in that lodge, they would say he's an okay man, you know, which means like you know he's he's gotten the third degree, he passes, he's okay. You you can let him into the club with the secret decoder ring. So uh, as far as the prosecutor using it in your little audio, Gus, um, you know, I, I don't really have any comment on that. I've never actually noticed myself, and I'll go back and listen to it. It's pretty hilarious, and he just keeps, like he's telling the uh, the man on the stand, you know, stop talking every time he says it. Okay, okay, like that, like okay, stop right okay. there. That's you know, and it's just <laughs> when you realize how often he does it, you, you know, it's just, and and it's also the way he says it. Okay, real high okay. pitch. Real yeah. Good. Yeah. Okay. 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 It's like a chicken. Yeah. So I, I don't know, but the question was, in, in the difference in spelling, whether okay in all caps or okay in all all lowercase, or the okay if there was a difference between those. No. Well, um, you know, honestly, it's like, uh, what kind of paperwork are you going to put okay in? Yeah, exactly. you know, I mean, I guess that's really the the question to ask um, if you wish for the different interpretation. Um, but I I don't I could never think of a time where I would actually be writing to the court or an officer of the court or a man or woman who acts as an officer of the court where I would actually express to them, okay. Uh, hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's my answer. Although, I guess if you're going to express it in the general sense of the way we use the term "okay," I would do "okay." Yeah, I mean, that's how that's how I would write it as well. And, and the only place I would feel, um, I mean, why would you uh, you make a declaration and, and what? You know, I, man, am okay. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I would put I, man, am fine. Actually, that that brings me up to a good joke that I love to give the, because uh, I, I was on jokes earlier this, after, this evening. But um, when you're in the, 
when you're in the clerk's office or when you're dealing with the other side, a good joke to tell them is, hey, I was down at federal court and I saw this man dealing with the traffic ticket. He went on for like an hour, and then finally the judge was like, sir, didn't you read the, read the sign? Yeah, it said fine for parking. <laughs> So anything you can do to kind of loosen them up. Yeah, that's funny. I saw a comedian one time, and he said he said he went down there and he he, he pulled a U-turn. And he said that guy pulled him over, and he said, "Man, you're not allowed to to do a U-turn there." And he said, "I did exactly what the sign said. It said no U-turn." That's <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. Yeah, I know you know what it's so facto is. When when punctuation matters. Yeah. Jonathan, I know you know what ipso facto is. Have you ever heard of ipsy dixit? No. It's a, it's a Latin term too. It's a, it's a term. Murray Langston. Huh? Murray I Langston. Think... He was the guy that made that joke. Uh, the unknown comic. Yeah. No U-turn. I it was a. Uh... It was well. The unknown comic was a uh, wore the bag over his head. This was a different guy. Yeah, I no, uh, Murray Langston. Yeah, that's him. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, hey, we're uh, getting to the two-hour mark. We've got twelve minutes left. If there's anybody new on the call, if anybody's got a question, you need help with something, now's the time to speak up. Don't wait for an invitation. Just step right in, say hi. You know, let us know what uh, what's on your mind, what's on your heart, what you wish to have a you know some some light shed on or, or whatever. Uh, otherwise, we're going to be back here on Wednesday night, and we're going to start all over. Hmm. All right. Well, maybe we'll wrap it up early then. Everybody all set? JC, Sean, anything uh, you want to say before we close? Mm. Nope. Not really. No. Well, uh, thanks everybody for coming out this evening and spending your Saturday night with Shaman and myself and Gus and uh you know, Shaman, thanks for putting together a lesson plan for all of us. Um and I guess we'll we'll all get together on, on Wednesday and, and start it all over again. I have a question. Go ahead. Hi Gus. Hey. Who's this? Cheyenne. Hey Cheyenne. I have a question. Has anyone, or can you explain more with habeas corpus? Uh, I don't know. Habeas. A lot this evening. You want to take this one? What are you wanting to know? Is it a right? I mean, if you're wanting to know, do you have it? It's. It's a privilege on the legal side and absolutely on the common law side. But you wouldn't call it a habeas corpus. What would you call it? 
Um, I guess you could word it the way you wanted to. How did we use it when we uh, did it for our buddy in Asheville, JC? Um, well, I mean, we just uh, claimed the the body. Um, yeah, it was just like... A- you know, basically, it's the... I mean, it's the same thing. It's like, you know, anything that they say in their legal language, um, like habeas corpus, it's like... Uh, when we were on Angela's show, uh, some gentleman came up talking about um, a writ of mandamus and um, a quo warranto. Mm-hmm. And uh, one thing that, that Shaman and I were really trying to get across to him was to just just say it in English. You know, you you don't know what what habeas corpus is. I mean, I don't know what habeas corpus is. I mean, I it means, I, uh, it means produced body. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I got that. I can tell you all about habeas yeah, corpus. Yeah. The thing is, is that I don't understand that language, and so I'm not going to start speaking it. Basically, yeah, what he was saying was, <clears throat> if you start talking Latin, they can talk Latin. Um, you just never use the legal side. The reason I prefaced it with the legal thing like that, I'm not butting in on you, am I, John? No, no. I'll, yeah, go ahead. Like when Hillary Clinton's <clears throat> aides went before Congress, they pled for the privilege of the Fifth Amendment. Everything in that side of the <clears> – I mean, actually, it says it's a privilege right in the uh, the document that it's a privilege, the writ of habeas corpus, but – it would basically just be a claim of property. I mean, that's essentially what we did in Asheville. I just wanted to give, I talked a lot in the beginning, so I was wanting to give JC an answer. So you just, you don't want to use their stuff at all. Um, you really don't have a right to use their stuff. It's intellectual property. So just word it in the way you wish. Um, do what? All this stuff is copyrighted, one. But well, yeah, because it's terms and it's it's not even English, so they're they're literally correct. using a total different language. So you just want to write it in your own in your own language, the way you want to say it. You know what I mean? Would you would you use would you say like they're in naked possession? Uh, you could. <laughs> you know, like you could you could absolutely say that they're in naked possession. You could say um, that they're in constructive possession. You know, as long as you're saying, hey, that's mine, give it back. I don't really care how you word it. And as long as you understand how you're wording it. And that's, I mean, I think that's really the point Shaman and I are trying to get at is, uh, you know, unless you really understand habeas corpus um, and you study that language, you study the language of Latin because, habeas corpus comes from Latin. Um, So unless you grew up with that and were speaking it fluently when you were a child, so basically, unless you grew up in the Vatican, I would not write in Latin to a common law court. I I would just keep it plain old English, and I'm pretty sure Shaman agrees with that. Well, I totally agree with that as well. Yeah, so whatever, what, what other words would you use instead of habeas corpus? 
basically what you want, how I'm looking at this is whoever is bringing the complaint, let's let's get it done within two weeks, one week. Bring the bring the plaintiff forward. I wouldn't say plaintiff because they can produce a plaintiff. Well, I haven't you seen want, one yet. Well, a plaintiff is not who you're searching for. It's a legal term of art. You're looking for an accuser. And see, that's why I asked you, what do you mean exactly? Because, I mean, did somebody get charged? Did they do a psych eval? Did they take a kid? You know, I don't, I don't. No, like, this what, is all property tax and mortgage. Property tax and mortgage. Property tax and mortgage. Okay, so, well, what are you trying to get back? Are you trying to get back documents, like a body of documents? I mean, if it's... No, I want to bring the accuser forward. Okay. Well, well you, wouldn't use a, you wouldn't use the idea of a habeas corpus for that. Yeah. Okay, Sorry, well, J.C., I didn't mean to try stuff oh, There's a few people on, on a group on Skype, and I won't mention what group. Gus knows the group. <laughs> um, they were huge on that. No, you just, you know, you would not use a habeas corpus, and that's not in my opinion. I think JC agrees. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't use it anyway. But I, you wouldn't even go that route. On what kind of case? I believe she said the property mortgage. tax, property tax, oh. and uh, foreclosure. If it's foreclosure, I would get the original note. Um. If it's if it's property tax, I would uh, I would get who who do you owe the money to? Like like who do you owe the money to? And I'm pretty sure they can't produce the original note because they sell those things. Um, I could be wrong on this. Well, but exactly, I'd... they can't because they always change the names. As as far as the mortgage, they always change the name of the bank within five years. Well, well, yeah, I mean, they're the selling them as derivatives on the market, so. Correct. Correct. Yeah. And normally they they sell it, and here is a debt entity, and they end up coming back with another service, servicer, um, and that's all they're doing is service, servicing the death pledge. That's on the mortgage. Property tax is the whole are are they foreclosing on the property because of the property taxes, or are they just foreclosing on the property because of the mortgage? We're talking about two different cases, uh, and 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 thank you for bringing that up, JC. Um, why would they end up calling property tax a foreclosure? Well, that's kind of what I was in, interested in. Um, yeah, I don't see how they could. Well, uh, they do do it. What state? Jersey. <laughs> yeah, I don't on one. Um. So how can they? How can they end up calling a property tax um, lien a foreclosure? As oh, far as hey, a share sale. Could, could they do and it also, through? Hold on one sec, ma'am. Could they yes, do it through yes. uh, how they'll wrap up the property tax in the actual loan? 
Could they wiggle no. it that way? No, I'm asking him. Like, they'll tie the property taxes in with your payment. And then if you don't make your payment, or, or are they doing yours separate? Like, do you pay a property tax separate from your mortgage? Well, oh, whoever this is, or is it worked in with mortgage? It's two houses, one in PA, mortgage, and, and Jersey, property tax. You know what and I'm what talking they about, end up calling, What they end up calling in Jersey is property tax is a foreclosure. Now, they also do an outside lien. So basically, they do put a lien on that land. Uh, I think this is something that we'd probably have to see the paperwork on. Sometimes. Sometimes what will happen is the municipality, the county, whatever, when somebody doesn't pay their property taxes on time, somebody else can come in and pay them. And then uh, there's so much time for the person to pay them back, and they're allowed to charge interest and stuff. And then if they don't get paid back, they can, if they don't get paid back, they can foreclose and take the property. But why do they end up calling it foreclosure, one? And well, it's two, a it's a party. third party. It's a third, exactly, it's a third yeah, party. The, the third party has so, a lien against the against the property because they paid for the the property taxes. The, right. Well, how does the owner have to pay the third party? Because that, actually that's a... That varies. That varies depending on state state. There's there should be what are they Jonathan? Are you familiar with that? They call that like right of uh, reco- recovery or something like that. Yeah, that would be a right of recovery. And yeah, but also she's. Oh, I'm sorry, John. Goes. Well, and typically, like when they foreclose, like um, you know, for for an actual judgment, like when you're going after somebody on a judgment, you got to get a a writ of attachment. To execute the judgment, and um, you know, like with a foreclosure, it's a writ of possession because the bank or the county or whoever is actually in possession of it. You're just labeled the owner because you bear liability. So when you own something, it just means that you bear liability. It doesn't mean that you actually have possession, uh, possession control and authority over it. Yeah, I was going to say, technically you're not, I mean, the bank owns the land, or, well, not the land, the property, and you're probably listed as a tenant. I mean, if you you haven't paid it off, I mean, technically speaking, it's not yours yet. And then the county recorder's office, it's recorded as a deed of trust. You are literally uh, trusting the county with it, which is why you have to pay property tax. Like, you're in a trust agreement with the county. Correct. Yeah, and correct. it's commercial. Your your residence is commercial. Correct. Yep. And, and then on the other one, on the, on a mortgage you were talking about, a servicer, there's always three parties in a mortgage. One 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 bank or a mortgage company. What they'll do is they'll they'll get all the all the stuff, and then it's not what you think it is. A lot of times you think uh, the servicer is the trustee, 
they're supposed to be making the payments to the beneficiary, which was the bank or whoever that put the funds up. So what happens, and I can't debate this, yay or nay, some people say the minute you sign the dead pledge, the mortgage that they floated on the market, so you gave them value when you gave that. So you, you turned around, you sold this paper for this much based on my signature, where's my cut? But then you start making payments on it too. I'm not, I'm not 100% on all that stuff. But if you go read a legal paper, you know, like get a Sunday paper and read the legal notices, every time there's a foreclosure, it will say substitute trustee sale. Or, or it'll be substitute trustee because the servicer is not forwarding the payments to the bank. So the bank comes in and appoints a different trustee, which will be a foreclosure company, a lawyer, and they'll auction the property. And that's the substitute trustee. Then they'll take the money that they make from the sale and they'll forward it to the, the lending institution. Well, that's a whole other um, can of worms because you can also go into equity and also on the the mortgage death pledge, it's promised to pay, or I'm sorry, it's uh, the loan I received. Hey guys, we're uh, we're approaching uh, five minutes past the two hour mark, and I I do try to keep these down to two hours. Uh, I didn't want to just cut you guys off five minutes ago, but if we could, uh, it'd be great to continue this on Wednesday night. Yeah, and um, another thing, ma'am, is I would go back and listen to uh, Wednesday night show because there are legal assets. Um, they're not lawful assets. Uh, so there are legal estates. They're not lawful estates. And that's kind of gone through and explained on the, on the show on Wednesday night. Uh, I sure will. Thank you. And thank you, Gus, for allowing me to speak. Didn't I didn't mean to uh, hold you up? No, 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 no problem. I, I mean, I, I asked your questions. I appreciate you being here. Um, it's good to hear your voice again. Uh, you as well. Thank you. So, um, yeah, come back Wednesday night. We'll keep talking about it. And uh, you know, in the meantime, we've all got some reading and research to do. There's uh, again, I, I'd. Uh, Direct you guys to the Common Law Shamanism uh, page on Redress for Dummies, where you can get uh, Sarah Lockwood's book, Lessons in English. You can see uh, Patriot Games and other bullshit. Um, There's all sorts of links that uh, JC and Shaman have given me to post there for you guys. So go through there, listen to the stuff, read the stuff, and we'll see you guys back here on, uh, on Wednesday night. Thanks again for everybody coming out. You guys have a good night. Thanks, guys. All right, we'll catch you all later.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.